Hallelujah. You know, David was a very unusual and outstanding man. And that is why till today, David is being used as a reference point in everything that we do in the Christian, in our faith. David plays a very major, important, and a very strategic, you know, role in our lives in the word of God. Praise the Lord. And you know, and David was one person that placed a lot of premium value and priority to the presence of God. If you go through the book of Psalms, he wrote a lot of them. And a lot of times he kept talking about the presence presence of the Lord. You know, right now, in the last six months, you know, of 2020, Psalm 91 is the most confessed psalm in the world right now. Why? Because of COVID-19. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And you know what the different promises are that follows, you know, in that Psalm 91. But you know, in, 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 in another psalm that is very popular that we know that David wrote is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And the last verse of Psalm 23, verse 6, the latter part of the verse 6 says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. I like how the New Living Translation puts it. It says, your house shall be my home as long as I live. New Living Translation says, your house, David said to God, said, your house shall be my home as long as I live. And Amplify put it this way, it says, you, um, the length, through the length of my days, through that, through my whole life, I will dwell in the house of the Lord and the presence of the Lord forever. It says through the length of my days, I will, I will, I will dwell in the house and the presence of the Lord. That's amplified version. Praise the Lord. And so, like I said, David knew the essence of not just the presence of God, but coming into the house of God regularly. You know, and I think it's, I, I'm not sure if it's Psalm 16, verse 11 or 16, verse 11 that says, You will show me the path of life. For in your presence is fullness of joy and your pleasures. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore, Psalm. You know, you show me the path of life. For in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I know that because you have come in here today, that I said last Sunday, you shall not be diminished in the name of Jesus. You shall only know increase. You shall go from glory to glory in Jesus' name. The word of the Lord says the part of the just man is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I came up here and I'm just coming, you know, to just like finish what I started last week because I didn't have enough time. But before I, you know, um, the title of this series, Pastor began in, in uh, um, first Sunday in June, is The Prevailing Faith in this new era the prevailing faith in the new era the prevailing faith in the new era and i came and i did i i i, I taught last week and i couldn't finish it so i'll continue from where i stopped and so part of what i'm going to do this morning just an introduction first and then complete what i started last week you know the type the title of the series is the prevailing faith in the new era and you know, I began to tell you last week when we came here that on the 31st of December, as we crossed over into the 1st of January, pastor came and said, this is what the word of God says. This is the word of God for TOG, for 2020 and onwards, as long as this word, he said it was not just one year thing, but it was the beginning, you know, that word was just the beginning, 2020 was just the beginning of that word. And he said, God said, simply said, a new era, this is a new era. You know, and like I said last week, a lot of you began to wonder what is this new era about and everything. And I attempted to explain a little bit about what a new era is last week. You know, I said a new era 
It's a, the beginning of a period in history. The beginning of a period in the history of a thing, a person, or something, or a nation. And if you are true to yourself, you'll find out that year 2020 so far actually triggered a new beginning in the history of humanity. You know, we began to refer to the past as pre-COVID-19, and we are now referring to the future as post-COVID-19. You know, so it's actually a new era. It started a history, another period in the history of the world. So now we are talking about post-COVID. And everything we do now, you know, we are trying to tie it down to the future. What is supposed to happen? Because life truly has changed. You know, COVID actually triggered a change in the history of humanity and the world. So it's now post-COVID. Because we believe that COVID is coming to an end. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And like I also said last week, I said that era is a period of time that is marked by a distinctive character. You know, a distinctive character is just something that is um, uncommon, something that separates something from another. That is a distinct, you know, when it's distinct, it actually separates, it's different, you know, that kind of thing. So this is a new era. There's no doubt this is a new era. And quickly, I just want to share with you because what we do not understand cannot maximize. The world has shifted. Whether you like it or not, whether you accept it or not, whether you understand it or not, whether you want to shift along with the world or not, the truth, the truth is that the world has shifted. And when we talk about shift, what does it mean? This is my um, glass case. If it's here and I move it here, I've shifted it. And so that's exactly what has happened to the world. And you must accept it. Because your life from now onwards, your mindset, your perception, your vision, your dreams, even your utterances, the things you say out of your mouth, your actions, and everything you do needs to be in alignment with what has taken place in the world. You can no longer and you cannot afford to live in the past. The world has shifted. I was listening to a woman of God yesterday and she said that the worst thing that can happen to a person is to be in a place that God has moved from. And this place we are talking about is not a physical location. And it's an understanding. Your understanding about what the world is and everything that is happening right now should have shifted. Your mindset should have shifted. Your vision not really because, you know, God's original intention is always his final decision. But then you now reset and recalibrate it, you know, to suit and fit into what God is doing this time. So the world truly has shifted. So you cannot afford. And that is part of what I've come to say to you. If you have not shifted, you need to shift. Because God's power and his anointing will not be where he is. We've left the past. We are now in the future. We are now in like post-COVID things. A lot of things have changed and you need to shift alongside, you know, what has changed. You know, like I said last week and people who know me, quickly I'll say that the, 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 the grace of God upon my life is understanding times and seasons. It's not something I worked hard to and that's why it's grace. It's unmerited favor. You know, um, the month of April, and I'll start from there quickly. I'm laying a foundation before I talk about the truth, which I stopped at last week, you know. The month of April was a Kairos month. It was, a Kairos month means it was an appointed, a set time. It was 
it was it was an opportune time. It was a time that was set to fulfill something in the history of humanity. And I'm not saying that because April is my birth month. You know, sometimes when I think about it, okay, maybe I was born in April because of the kind of destiny I carried and because God wanted me, you know, to understand what number four plays in the history of humanity and the kingdom. Because April is the fourth month of the Gregorian calendar. Let me quickly tell you the things that happened in April. And like I keep saying, the fact that you do not know it does not mean God has not moved and changed. And that's why I believe that God wants me to say to you this. In the month of April, which is the number four, and I'll talk about the number four shortly, there were things that happened in the month of April. Number one, the first week of April, there was a sign in the sky. I saw a lot of people post the pictures of the sun. You know, there was the sun came out in full glory. There was a ring and it's called a halo around the, on, uh, the sun on the fourth day of the fourth month. It got my attention. At that point, I didn't know what. Four days later, another four played out. In the night of the fourth day, the eighth day of April, which was the day that the Jews um, started Passover. Passover was for one week from the 8th to the 16th of April. The Jews, on that fourth of April, there was what the moon came out in its entire glory. 8th of April, yes. It came out like a pink moon. Scientists describe it as the super moon or a pink moon. A lot of you, I saw a lot of people because I am online and on social media, quite a lot, a lot of people all over the world posted pictures that they took with their phone of the pink moon, including the sun. Even people in Abuja here, I remember on Facebook that they were just posting pictures of this moon and the sun. Okay, quickly, media, give me Genesis chapter 1, and I'll quickly do that and I'll go to my, I, I'm not going to spend time and I'm not going to overshoot today. Genesis chapter 1, beginning from verse 13. Because I want you to understand what God was trying to say. The sun and the moon heralded the new era. We moved into a new era. We moved into a new era in the month of April. Okay, verse 14, 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. Quickly. Then God said on the fourth day of creation, then God said, let great lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. And I'm going to go slowly to understand. On the fourth day, this was all happened on the fourth day. The fourth day, God, and uh, media, please leave the, um, the, this um, um, there. The fourth day, you must understand that God is not random. God is not flippant. God is a very orderly, strategic God. And so if God started from the one, the two, the three, the four, the, reason, the things he did on the four were deliberate and intentional. Then, and, and so the, the four, God began to created what we call the dividing of seasons. Then God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens and divide. Divide on the fourth day. And that was what happened in April on the fourth month of the Gregorian calendar. Then God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and days. Media, leave that scripture there. We are going to verse 19. Let them be for signs and seasons for days and years. This was the major purpose of the sun and the moon. They were for signs. What is a sign? A sign points you at something. And the seasons, we know what a season is. A season is a period of time, or you know, that, that a, a, a particular quality or character is just like the raining season. It means, you know, so from the night and they let them be for signs and seasons for days and for years. Verse 14, 15. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens. 
to give light on the earth and it was so verse 16 that God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night he made the stars also God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth verse 18 and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness the old from the new from light from darkness and God saw that it was good verse 19 so the evening and the morning were the fourth day this is the purpose of the sun and the moon just written down the fourth day the number four okay let's go to um, Psalm 19 verse 1 Psalm 19 verse 1 quickly the heavens we just read about the heavens that were created the firmaments that were created on the fourth day of creation the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament, what we study, the stars, the moon, the sun, you know, all those things make up the firmament. And, you know, the second heavens. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Verse 2. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. That means every day, the sun, when it comes up, is speaking something. The moon is speaking something. Verse 3. There is no speech nor language when their voice is not heard. No matter your language, the sun speaks to you clearly. The moon speaks to you clearly, verse 4. Their line has gone out through all the earth. And their words, the sun is speaking. The moon has words, the sun has words. To the end of the world, in them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, the firmament. So in April, both on the 4th and the 8th day of April, the moon and the sun spoke. And what it simply did, you know, was to close down an old season, an, an old era, and to usher us into a new era. It was an announcement, like what we read in Psalm 19, 19 verse 1. It speaks, it was uttering speech. It was uttering knowledge. The sun and the moon spoke, and they heralded a new era, and they shut down an old era in the month of April. The second thing that happened in the month of April, or let's talk about number four. Like I said, maybe, the, maybe that's why I was born in April, so that I understand the implication of number four. Number four, you know, we talk about the Hebrew language being the language of God. Number four in Hebrew is called Dalet. And in the Hebrew language, it's pictures that illustrate numbers. And the picture that illustrates number four in Hebrew, which is Dalet, is a door. And you know what a door is? A door, like this door that leads out now. If it opens, you can either go out or come in. So a door is a gateway. It marks an exit and it marks an entrance. That's a, a, a two-edged sword of a door. It's either going or coming. So with number four, God began to say the, fourth, the, the, the month of April was shutting down an old era and was bringing forth a new era. So we crossed over. And that's why I'm saying whether you know it or not, we have crossed, we have moved into the new era. And I just want you to understand that. And then the third thing finally I'll say, you know about number four, is that the Jews celebrated Passover on the, between the 8th of April and the 16th of April. And as we know, Easter fell on the 12th, I think it was on the 12th of April, so that month was actually very loaded. You know, the Passover, let me talk about this first. The Passover was a defining point in the history of the Israelites. That day, the his, their history took another turn. It preceded a new era. The Passover was a catalyst. A catalyst is something that, that is something that provokes a significant change. The Passover was a catalyst in the history 
of the children of Israel. It shut down an old era of servitude, of slavery, of bondage, bondage, and ushered them into a new era where they began a transition and a journey into destiny, into the plans and purposes of God. That, you know, when God said to Abraham about, um, at the after, in the fourth generation, you know, he said, he said he was going to make Abraham the father of nations, descendants, and he said your descendants will be in slavery, you know, in a foreign land for 400 years, for four generations. And at the end, I'll, I'll, they'll return here, full circle, back to where I started with you. At the time God made this promise, the nation of Israel was not even in existence. That's how God works. What is happening this year, 2020, is not something that God just planned before the foundation of the world. And you ask, is, is God behind COVID-19? No, because that's why he says all things work together. What, what is happening this year, COVID-19? God is using it as an instrument to further his agenda, prophetic agenda. Simply that, that's what you need to understand. And so, the, 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 the Passover was a catalyst. The Passover was a door, you know, that shut to the past and opened into their future. The Passover, you know, began and ushered them into a transition, a journey. And I'm going to tie it to where we are right now, you know, as a people in the kingdom of God and what God's world prophetic agenda is. But the Passover was very important. And like I keep saying, there is no coincidence with God. There is no accident with God. There is no happenstance with God. And just like when God gave Abraham the promise of his um, descendants being in captivity, then the nation of Israel was not in existence, you know. So the fact that we had a total lockdown in this year, 2020, is not a coincidence. For the first time in the history of humanity, outside of the Bible days in Exodus chapter 12, this was the first time that the Jews marked the Passover in total lockdown. The Passover is one of the most significant feasts in Israel. And like um, the, um, the, um, Chuck Pierce will always say, if you want to understand what God is doing with the kingdom, even Christians, follow the history of the Jews. Understand what is God is doing with them even right now in time and season. And then you can accurately interpret God's prophetic agenda for the church. You know, so this year, um, the, the Jews marked Passover in a lockdown situation that it was done originally. That was the pattern of God. A new era was about to start and the Jews representing the nation and the people of God heralded and they were the ones that God used as a prototype in this dispensational new era. And so they marked the, the Passover in a total lockdown. Another thing that happened in the month of April, like I said, God used um, um, COVID-19 as an instrument to further his prophetic agenda was in April, this COVID-19 thing reached its climax in April. And by the time it was April, almost all the nations of the world were in total lockdown. In January somewhere, in February somewhere, in March, but by the time we entered into April, it was like almost all the nations. And then from the end of April, they began to release and ease the lockdown. Because the, lock, the month of April, God put a pause because there was going to be a shift. There was going to be a movement and there was going to be an exodus. And why am I using the word exodus? If you go to the dictionary, exodus simply means a mass movement of people. A mass exit of people. And because it is the whole world that is moving, it was truly an exodus we experienced in the month of um, April. And like this exodus I'm saying is not location, it's not physical. 
is your mindset, your perceptions, your vision, your utterances, the way you see life, the way you do things from now on, that is where the shift and the movement has taken place. And so, the children are now come, and that's where I stopped last week. When they were marking Passover in Egypt, that night, or that fateful night, that defined the history and moved Israel into another season, another new era, they were going to leave, uh, they were going to leave Egypt that night. And God told them how to dress. If you look at um, media, give me Exodus 12, 11. That's where I stopped last week. And that's where I'm rounding up today. Exodus 12, 11. And God instructed. You see, like I keep saying, if you understand that God is not flippant, God doesn't just talk for the sake of talking. And those you shall eat it, they were eating the Passover meal. And those you shall eat it with a belt on your waist and your staff in your hand, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand so you shall eat it in haste. It's the last Passover. Media does leave it here. Let me go to sandals on your feet. You know, when God began to give me this word, if you want to understand the full implication of what we have, please go to my Facebook page or Instagram from the 27th of April. I began to talk about this new season. I started and then at a particular point, I began to title it um, Dressed for the Destiny of, um, Dressed for the Journey of Destiny. I've done up to 20 parts. And like I said, I still have even like another 20 parts to do. But I started, but if you want to understand the season that we are in, I started on the 27th of April. You will know that I was reading it yesterday and I was so blessed. I didn't know I was the one that wrote down all those things. But through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And those you shall eat, you see, God talked about standards on your feet. Because in those days, I think standards were what were... Um, predominant because when I was I did a research in the Bible in the Bible standards were mentioned 35 times eh? Sh- yes you don't wear shoes that's what pastor said T- shoes were only mentioned two times the standards were mentioned and like I'm not talking about standards today but I just want you to understand how God said there should be dressed God said a belt on the waist that's what we are going to look at today but let me quickly talk about the standards on your shoes your standards are your mission let me tell you because the world has shifted the way you are going to prosper the way you are going to advance significantly, powerfully, triumphantly, successfully in this new era is these three things that are mentioned here. Number one, a belt on your waist. Number two, the sandals are your mission, your, the, the, your, your feet. Your feet represents your mission in life. Maybe a day I'll have the opportunity to talk about that. It represents your mission because that's where it takes you, you know, so it's like your purpose and everything. But when it says put your feet in the sandals, if you go to media, give us um, Deuteronomy quickly, 33 verse 25. When Moses was blessing the children of Israel, you know, he talked about Asher. Um, Deuteronomy 33 25, quickly, quickly, quickly. Your sandals shall be iron and bronze, as your day so shall your strength be. Leave it here for, for a few minutes. You know, here Moses was telling Asher, the sandals, and, and you know, there, there are twofold things to these sandals. Number one, you know, the word of God says we shall tread down, and you'll understand why it has to be um, bronze and metal and everything because of where God is taking you to this journey. You know, you tread down your enemies, you tread down Satan, you crush the head of Satan. You know, when you wear sandals that are iron, you know, of course, you can do that conveniently without, without being afraid of being hot. And then, of course, your, 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 the sandal being um, bronze and iron also talks about an apostolic kind of anointing and grace because you're going to use it to climb mountains, you're going to chart courses, you're going to be a pathfinder. Your feet is going to clear the way for others to follow. You are going to be a pioneer. You are going to be a trailblazer, you know, and that is what it means. And then it talks about staff, you know. Let's go back to Exodus 12, verse 11. It talks about... Yes, okay, yes. As your days are, 
in that scripture, so shall your strength be. You know that this is a scripture pastor is always talking about. You will not, in every time, season of life, you'll be as strong as that season. You, yes, that's what that day, as your days. See? Okay, put back, pastor say put back Deuteronomy 33 verse 25. You shall not be weaker in this new era than you. You shall, you shall, you shall not be that as your days so shall your strength be. Whatever is in the world, whatever is happening in this new era, your strength will be equal to overcome. That's what that scripture means. Pastor has said a lot about it, you know. Of course, and people, of course, use it to pray for bad days, you know, as you are getting older, you shall not, your strength shall not diminish. Okay, let's go to Exodus um, 12 verse um, 20. Exodus 12 verse 11. Quickly. And thus you shall eat the belt, you know. So I talked about the sandals on the feet briefly. The staff in your hand is your the authority for your mission. That sandals on the feet God has given you. You have an accompanying authority. And you go back to when God says we will have dominion. That is where the dominion will come from, and you understand it shortly. So God says this um, with a belt on your waist. You know, like I said, God is not flippant. Why didn't God say you shall wear a gown? You shall wear a dress. You know, and things like that. He did not even describe the garment in which they were to put on. But he talked about the belt. He talked about the sandals. He talked about the staff. And he talked about their attitude. They should eat in haste. Praise the Lord. So we'll go look at the belt. Uh, um, the belt is a symbol of truth. Media, give me Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14 quickly. The belt is a symbol of truth. Praise the Lord. Stand there for having guarded your waist with truth. So what God was saying to the children of Israel, and that is how, because we are in, on a similar journey, you know, they were beginning a journey, transition to the promised land. Let me quickly talk about that here now. We too have started, at the beginning of this year, or late last year, I can't tell you. I said in year 2000, God began a circle, you know, um, in the kingdom, and it was a 20-year circle, you know, a circle of crossing the Jordan. And after the Jordan, you know what happened? They began to take the promised land from after they crossed over the Jordan the next thing they did was take Jericho you know so God began so in this next year, 20 year circle we are taking possession it's just like the children of Israel began a journey transition into the promised land we too and what is this possession quickly give me Acts 13 verse 19 quickly so that you'll understand I'm saying this so that you'll understand how you need to plan your life Acts 13 19 it was Paul now that was recounting the history of the Jews and when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. We are talking about the seven mountains now. In the time of the children of Israel, it was seven nations. We have the mountain of media, the mountain of education, the mountain of business, the mountain of government. We have the mountain of entertainment. We have the mountain of religion. And we have the mountain of family. What God is doing in the kingdom at this point is to give you allotment in the world. And our, our journey now is to begin to dispossess the people that are already on top of these mountains and take over. So that is what you are supposed to do. So in this journey as we pro, we transit into this new place, into this new place of inheritance that God has given unto us, we should tie the belt of um, the, the belt on our waist. And the belt is the belt of truth. I began to say last um, Sunday, the waist is your midsection. And it's normally um, described as the core of the body. I didn't know that until I, I began to do fitness. I passed on those. I, I exercise daily. And I use DVDs, videos, and things like that. And they'll keep saying, for you to have a good exercise, you need to, you need to have a strong 
core because having a strong core will give strength and power to your limbs, to your hands, to your, to your legs, to your entire body. It will create stability, it will create balance, you know, and the, the woman will keep saying, tuck in your stomach because that will give you, you know, a strong core. So this is the core of our lives and the core is normally a central part of a thing. The core is not normally the essence of a thing. And God is saying the essence of your life, the core of your life must be secured and says, guide your way to the belt of truth. Secured and fasting in the truth. Hmm? Yes, I'm going to say that. So, we are talking about what is this truth. First and foremost, there are two things. The truth, number one, is Jesus Christ. The word of God says in, let's look at it quickly. In John chapter, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, you know, there was a time it was very popular in the kingdom where you hear WWJD. What will Jesus Christ do? So in situations where you are confronted with what will Jesus Christ do? Because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Quickly look at those scriptures and then I'll come down. So the, the first source of your truth is looking on to Jesus according to Hebrew 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then give me John, John chapter 14, verse 6. Quickly. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ, number one, is the source of all truth. Number two is the word of God. Give me John chapter 8, 31 and 32. John 8, 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you abide in my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the truth in this season, you secure your life with the truth, with Jesus and the word of God. Isaiah 4 verse 6 says, my, no, Isaiah 4 verse 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, Isaiah um, 33 verse 6 says, wisdom and stability. What does it say? Go to Isaiah 33 verse 6. Wisdom and stability, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. Strength, the core gives strength. So that's why you tie your waist, you know, with a belt of truth. You know, and then um, there's a place in Proverbs that says, and in this new era, you need to walk and stand by the truth. There's a place in Proverbs that says, you know, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Do you know why um, um, God had to be, tell them to tie their waist with the belt of truth? Because they were going to be confronted. God had given them the promise they were going to a land you know, that flows with milk and honey. But did they make it? All the adults didn't make it. Why? Because the word of God says they could not walk up. When the, 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 the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the tribe of them went into the land, 10 came back with a, a bad report, said, yes, the land is good. Lord, everything you said to us about our future, our inheritance is good, though. but there are giants in the land. Only Caleb and Joshua said, no, we are well able to take over that land. We are able to take over the mountains. It does not matter. You must not be intimidated. The children of Israel, 
in the physical had no reason, but God had made a promise. Like I began to say last week, Isaiah 46, he declares the end from the beginning. This is the journey we are in now to dispossess and take occupation of the seven mountains of society. And so you must not be intimidated by anything. You must stand and focus on the world. When the children of Israel left um, um, Egypt, the first thing they encountered was the Red Sea in front of them and Pharaoh behind. But of course, you know what God did, that was the truth. Throughout their journey in the wilderness, they were thinking of, God said, if I could bring you out of Egypt, all they were thinking of was survival. A lot of us must go beyond survival in this period. You know, God will provide for you. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added unto you. God was God, God that was going to take them through the wilderness he was going to provide for them. He was going to give them manna, and the, the, you, the word of God says he took care of them. Even their standards, none of them, you know, um, none was feeble among them throughout the journey. Their, their clothes did not wear out, neither did their standards, and everything. So the provision was already made. All he needed to do is walk by faith and walk by truth. And so as I round up now, because I have five minutes, in walking on the truth, by truth, securing, there are going to be facts. Facts are reality. Facts. You have facts, you have numbers. You have um, statistics. Facts are reality. This is a fact. This, um, this sticker here is black. It's a fact. So facts are reality, but they are high, a, a lower level of truth. Truth is a deeper level, is a higher level of reality. And truth comes from your belief and what you know. Let me give you an illustration. For instance, maybe like I'm in a, in a uh, let's say as a mother, I take my son and say, shut him up, put him under house arrest for the next one week. In reality, it's under house arrest. But what is my intention? The reason why I decided to put him, I didn't tell him, but the true reason why I said I should put him under house arrest because I knew that outside there, in this next one week, there was danger. And so I kept him and I hid him. But in the, his eyes and the eyes of everybody, because I won't say that to anybody, it's just in my heart. The, the truth is that he's in, under house arrest. So the truth is based on revelational knowledge. Jesus Christ, what is he saying? Um, the word of God, what is the word? So that's what's going to be. There are going to be facts. We will not deny that. But then you have to work with a higher level of revelational knowledge. And that's why Isaiah 11, verse um, 2 to 3 says, And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. In verse 3 says, My delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. I shall not judge by the sight of my eyes, nor decide by the hearing of my ears. And so in this season, you are going to walk by what the word of God says concerning every situation. If you are not feeling well, the word of God says, I am healed. And that is what you are going to start on. And then last week, I began to talk about focus as I round up. You know, I said, walking by faith. Okay, before that, um, how, like, we are advancing by faith in this, um, in this era. But before I round up with focus, let's look at 1 John 5, 4. 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God, overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world and the word of God faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and John 8 31 and 32 says if you do, Jesus Christ said if you do well in my word you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free so that's the, the word of God and so you must focus you must decide what to focus your decisions focus whatever you are doing on is it facts or is it the truth, the revelational knowledge God has given to you? And you must be careful, no assumption. Because I think it's um, Fred Price that preached a message some years ago. Faith, presumption, and foolishness. 
faith with time as we do this series i'm sure you understand what exactly faith is so when you are walking by faith you know you are walking by faith it's not presumption no it's not foolishness you walk by the truth and the truth you know shall make you free and say focus like i said last week is direct your attention or center your attention on something when you direct and center your attention on something it magnifies and so in this new era you must be somebody that has a very thriving relationship with God and you must focus you must center and you must put your whole attention on the truth Jesus Christ and his word